Welcome to uh, Santa Clara First Baptist. So let's give them a big hand. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Amen. So, some of, many of you are new here to this church. Even though I've, I've said many times, I'm going to say this again. Before I came to this church, the Lord spoke to me and gave me a vision about this church. And this was the vision that God gave me from Revelation chapter 3, starting from verse 8. But I know your words. See, I have set before you an open door, and no one can shut it. For you have little strength, have kept my word, and have not denied my name. The church that I was going to go and serve is going to be a faithful church. A church like the church in Philadelphia. That was the vision that God gave to me in March of 2015. March of 2015. And I was here November 1st of 2015. Now why is this important? Why is this important? Why is this sermon important? Even if you're not a member of this church. Why is this important? Because it is about the church always, about the church of Christ. It is never about a church. It is about the church of Christ, wherever you are, that we accomplish the work that God has called us to do. So you can go back with the assurance and inspiration that what God is about to do, right? And go and pray with your pastors Go and pray with your leaders. Go and pray wherever you are. This message is for you. And also directly for Santa Clara First Baptist Church. So we are fasting for 31 days. Fasting and praying for 31 days. Why? Because we cannot do it on our own. We cannot do it except we cannot do anything except without the help of God. Period. That's it. And I don't have to explain to you again and again. But you know the heart of your pastor now in this church. You know the heart of the pastor. The heart of the pastor in this church is for the lost. Is for the poor. Is to see transformation locally and globally. That is the heart of the pastor. And I want you to know this. Everything that we do here. Everything that we plan here. Is with that vision to share the gospel, to take care of the poor, and to see transformation locally and globally. These are the three things that we align ourselves as a church to work with. <clears throat> so, as I prepared to fast and pray for these 31 days, so the Lord speaks to me through dreams and vision. And you, you have heard that many times here in this church. But if you're new. So as I go into it, the Lord showed me many things in my dream. I'm fasting. As, as you know, I'm fasting and praying with our church already. And there were lots of messes and mistakes. And God was reorganizing a lot of things. And I'm seeing this in my dream. And He made it. And He organized and reordered it because we were fasting and praying. Then I came to my senses. I'm like, wow, it's amazing. God was reordering my personal life in that dream. All the mistakes and messes, whatever that was not pleasing to God, He was 
reorganizing because we were fasting and praying. I can say with total faith and belief in my heart, Santa Clara First Baptist Church, 2019 is going to be a year of great shift in this church. This is going to be a year of great shift. Yes. And, you, and we will remember this first Sunday of the year of 2019. That we have come here obeying God to honor Him, to worship Him. And also to see what He can accomplish through us. Like He did with the church in Philadelphia. The little faithful church. I have set before you an open door. So... He introduced with the name, this is the one who is holy and true. That is the name of the writer of this letter. So let's look at holy, hagios, hagios. In Greek, right, when we think about holiness, sometimes we think, oh, what is this holiness? You know, we have to be pure, and is it some rituals? What do I have to do? Do I have to be somber and meditative and not smile at all? You know, kind of grumpy, I don't know. Right? But let's not be grumpy Christians, I guess. Right? But the word holy means to be unlike others. That's the meaning. To be unlike others. Okay? It means to be different. Now we put the word, you have heard the religious language uh, set apart. To be sacred. Okay? I'm giving you in layman's term. The meaning of hagios in Greek is unlike others. So what is Christ saying? What he's saying is, I am unlike any other gods that you have known. That's what he is saying. I am unlike any god that you have known. This is the one that is writing to you. I am the one who is holy and true. And what does he want to say? What he is saying is, I know your works. Right? I know your works. Okay, in Silicon Valley, if you were wondering if people knew or know how busy you are, you don't have to say, everybody knows you are busy. You have so much work to do, you don't have to explain. This is the culture. Nobody is questioning your work ethics and your spirit of excellence here in the valley. Oh, we have no doubt about your work ethics. <clears throat> and God is saying, I know your works. The thing is, we often right, attribute God answering our prayers and accomplishing great things to what? To personal holiness and godliness. Right? We think, we think, we attribute God answers our prayers. This is very important. Please listen this with me. This is going to be the basis and foundation of the message for the year. We think that God answers our prayer and accomplishes great things because of your personal holiness and godliness. Rather than what? God's faithfulness. God answers prayer because He is faithful. God is doing great things because He is faithful. Don't attribute too much on your personal holiness and godliness. That's where you become self-righteous people. 
You think you're holier than other people because you're fasting and praying. And other people sitting by your side are not fasting and praying. I can tell you this morning right now, the Lord will do great things for the person that is not fasting and praying sitting by you because he is faithful. Right? We got that right? Don't attribute so much (coughs) on what God is doing because you think you're living a holy and godly life. We are so busy and preoccupied with what we can offer ourselves rather than looking at what God can offer for us. That's why we're very busy. So he said, I know your works. And he said that your work will go through the test of fire. Right? It doesn't matter how much of work that you do. God is not interested in the amount and magnitude of the work that you do. Do you know what he is interested? In the motive of how you did it. Because the work will go through the test of fire. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. And if it's not right, aligned with God, then it will be burned up like the grass. Nothing will be left. Can your work stand the fire then? Can our worship stand the fire? Can all the ministry that we do stand the fire? That we have done with pure motive to praise and worship God. And he's saying, I know your works. Yeah, you're busy. Frantic hurry. Can it stand the fire of God? I know your works. So we have to check our motives. Santa Clara First Baptist Church. Why we do what we do. Are we doing this for our benefit, for our glory? Or are we doing this because God has commanded us to do? And we have to obey and totally surrender to His calling. See? See? He said, see. Now this word see... It has three meanings. One, of course, is the physical, that I can see you, you can see me. But more important, there are two, that you will see with your mind. And you will see inwardly. That's the spiritual perception. In this case, Christ is saying, see, see with your mind. See inwardly. Perceive the kingdom of God. See. We're looking at everyone else for help except the Lord Jesus Christ. And Christ is saying, look at me, focus on me. If you look at me, if you focus on me, then you will see the things that are good for you. That will bring hope and future for you. So what do you see? What are you seeing? (coughs) See inwardly. What the Lord is speaking to you. See for yourself. So when we look at see, then he said, I have set an open door. See? I have set an open door. 
This went back to the motive again. This is a quotation from Isaiah 22. There are two people in Isaiah 22. One is Shebna, and the other one is Eliakim. Right? So Shebna is the, uh, in charge of the palace, the king's household. Okay? And the Lord is saying the, uh, through the prophet that I'm going to destroy Shebna. Do you know why? Because he has scammed money and he is building a, a sepulchral, a tomb, a burial ground for himself on high up on the mountain. Where does he get all that money? And God is saying, this is supposed to be taking care of the, uh, the, uh, the king's household, Hezekiah. Right? And God was not pleased because he was scamming money. He was not honest. And he said, I'm going to give the key to whom? To Eliakim, the son of Hilkiah. Right? And the key, this belonged to the king David's household. I will give it to him. This is the word that Christ was writing to the church in Philadelphia that I have set an open door for you. I am the one who holds the key of David. Okay? And he's saying, I will open door for you and no one can shut it. When I shut it, no one can open it. What he's telling our church in our context is that God has opened door for us, for Santa Clara First Baptist Church. What is that door? What does that door look like? That door looks like reaching out to the lost, taking care of the poor. That door also looks like this, what happened. In some, we had four Indian origin men coming to the Lord Jesus Christ, and they were all Hindus. That is an open door. Are you seeing it? See? Have you seen it before? Maybe not regularly before, but now you're seeing it. What the Lord is doing. <coughs> Excuse me. And it is our goal to plant two churches by 2020. And it is very likely that our Sunday school that we have started last April 2018 with 40, 45 kids, that had about 120 kids at the end of the year, that probably is going to become a church in 2019. Where is that? In some parts in India. I'm not going to say the name, so they will not get in trouble, right? Somewhere in Delhi. Why? Because I've set an open door for you. Santa Clara, are you seeing this? Right? You're seeing this. And then we see the blessing here too. Because we have work in Delhi. How this is connected? This is mysterious. We work in India and then you see souls being saved here. That's the kingdom of God. I've set an open door for you. Great shift. Why? Because you are weak. Right? You are weak. See, the, the problem with us is that we try on many doors that the world offers us except the door that is Jesus Christ. Who said, I am the door? Amen. And you want to walk through a life of promise and future? Then you walk through the door that is the Lord Jesus. Except by me. Enter through me. And you have hope and future. John chapter 10.
Exciting, exciting. Yes, somebody, yes, excited. It's because I know that you are weak. Because you are weak. Okay, here is another one here. When you give up your control, right? When you give up your control, God will deliver. Yes. Right? So, we think that surrendering is not the way to succeed. We think that giving up control and surrendering will not lead up, take us up. This is how the kingdom of God works. It's so radical, so upside down, that when you totally surrender, God delivers. Well, if you haven't tried it, you try it. Right? You try it. It doesn't matter whether outside the church. It applies everywhere, whether you're in the government, in tech company, wherever you are. If you give up your control and totally trust that the outcome belongs to God, He will take you to the place that He always wanted you to be. Right? That is true. That is true. We don't have time to list all the name of the people, but just name Joseph, Daniel, because we are doing Daniel's fast. They gave up total control and relied on the Lord, and they were high-ranked officers in the country. And that is true for all of us. So, okay, whether you're a doctor, nurse practitioner, teacher, wherever you are, you give up controlling your life and surrender to God, and He will deliver it for you. Right? I've said that three times now. Right? They say when you say it again and again, it sinks in, just because that's very important. Uh, because, so, you have kept my word. Logos. What is this word? Say, okay, kept my word means like, okay, do I read the Bible every day? And does it mean that I have to memorize? Uh, okay, that also is included. But most importantly, that you continually keep on practicing what Christ has taught and commanded you to do. That is kept my word. See? So if Santa Clara First Baptist Church is continually practicing and doing what Christ commanded us to do, that church is going to be the bomb. I'm telling you. Oh, can I say that in this building? (laughs) It's not a movie hall, right? So uh, I was just trying to reach the young people. It's going to, we are going to be lit. We're going to be lit up. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, we're going to be lit up, young man. Yeah. Yes. I am very excited. I don't know about you. How are you feeling this morning? Right? I mean, don't, I don't want you to sit like, okay, I'm just in a weird place or, you know, although God does weird things, unusual things, and I like weird stuff. I like unusual stuff. But this is a special Sunday that can totally shift and change your life. Right? Here, you have kept my word and not denied my name. Now, what does this mean? Right? What does denied my name mean? It means that everything that Christ stands for, everything that Jesus is in His name, that you reflect that with pride and honor. See? That when you say that you are a follower of Jesus Christ, everything that Christ stands for, 
you lift it up. That is what my name is. See? So you're not embarrassed about who Christ is. By the way, who will be embarrassed about Christ? I mean, he, for me, he loves the poor. He hangs out with the sinners. You know? He lifts up the marginals. He even loved his enemies. Right? He was great with the rich. He was great with the poor. I mean, he has fantastic knowledge on every topic. And he was such a great guy, a great man of God. Who would be embarrassed with that kind of a man? I mean, I want to be like him. Amen. I want to be like him. Nothing to be embarrassed about Christ. But it seems like today, you know, it's like a very modern fat thing to shame Christ or to talk bad about him. It's like it's a chip on your shoulder and it's a badge of honor to wear. I mean, this is a great, he's a great man that lived here. Great model. We lift up that name. So we start that this Sunday. This Sunday. And I'm going to call two couples on how they are preparing, how they have prepared and how they are doing. And then we'll go into worship. Okay? So, Greg and uh, Christine, can you please come up? But as they're getting ready to come up, I want to share this with you. That you will see great things happening in Santa Clara this year. And by great means, I don't mean like mega, mega, mega. But God's great things. Life being changed. Church being planted. Right? Work being done. We want to see those things. And are you together with God this year? You feel like you're together? Yes? You feel it? You feel like you're together with God? Yeah, I, now I can see the, the head shaking. Now I, I can hear the yes to You feel you're in sync with God. Align with God. Yes. Awesome. Awesome. Please sit. And uh, Christine. Uh, welcome. Welcome. Wonderful, faithful uh, member of our church. Great mother. A great wife. And also uh, works in the medical field. Is a wonderful person. And Greg. Uh, just a big heart, uh, size of an elephant. You don't know, but I can see it. He has a big heart, yes. You know, <laughs> just welcome both of them, right? Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so tell us about how, how has it been for you the past four or five days, uh, this fasting and prayer? How did you prepare for it or what led you, what is your journey like? Um, it's difficult, actually. Um, I think it's something that God has placed on our hearts, or in my heart, um, weeks ago, back in December, as we were preparing for fasting. And um, I think what encouraged me were my kids were very excited, or Ooh. were asking questions and talking about it. And I thought, oh boy, I think God is prompting us as parents to really look at this and do something as a family. Last year we did it individually and it was not so much of a, a family um, a family uh, deal. <laughs> so um, I think in preparing is a daily thing. It wasn't that we prepared weeks ago and, and we're into it and we're, um, we're 
continuing to do it. It's, it's a daily conversation that we're having, um, and it's hard. And, and I think it's, but it's also helped to develop um, just conversations that we've had with our children. And uh, you know, an example this morning was Sam came in and said, "Mom, there's donuts back there." And one of the things that we have decided to fast on is um, sugars and sweets and desserts. So those are one of those things, and, and that's something that my kids really enjoy. And so I said, well, why do you think we're not going to be tempted in, in taking that donut? And so we had a little conversation here with Sam, or I did anyway, and then Nathan soon thereafter came and said, Mom, there's donuts back there, and I'm dying. I'm so hungry. I need to have a donut. And so it... it it gives us the opportunity. You talked about open doors of opportunities to have conversations with our kids. And it's conversations about why do we do this? Why, um, why are we um, showing uh, our, our actions as, as an, act of, um, an act of worship to God? We've committed to do this um, because we want to grow closer to God and depend on him on what we need rather than just the automatic stuff that um, is very accessible for all of us. Yeah, and, and Greg, for me uh, personally, your, more, your walk and talk with God is uh, very inspiring. Uh, how did you prepare and why did you decide, uh, how did you get into this season of prayer and fasting? Well, as Christine said, uh, in the years past, it's been more of an individual uh, event for us. Uh, in December, uh, as we, as staff, as we started preparing for it and talking about it and, and wondering, you know, how we're going to present this to the congregation, uh, I started praying, and it started with just prayer and talking to God. Uh, and he revealed to me almost immediately as we borrowed a book from one of our friends, Mary, and it's been still, we still have it, and it was the Daniel plan, and it was sitting on the, on the table. And I don't know where it came from or why it was there, and so I just started reading it. And so I thought, okay, well, we're getting ready for the fast. This is God. I've been praying, and God is revealing that, you know, this is an opportunity for us to, uh, to really set aside um, what we think we need and really connect with God, and he will provide what we need. Uh, so then, the, and then, as she said, it's preparation. It happened in December, but it's a daily preparation. You have to really uh, commit yourself on a regular basis to to want to be with God and to spend time with God. Uh, and so in, in that sense, preparation is just constantly be in prayer. Um, and then the fasting, uh, and I want to just encourage everyone that with the fasting, it's difficult. It's not going to be easy. Um, we have a, did a modified Daniel plan. For those that may not know, I, I'm a type 2 diabetic, and so I have to kind of manage this. I can't just go cold turkey without any food or anything. Uh, and so I have to manage it in a way that would be still uh, glorifying God. And uh, so we've cut out red meat and pork. We still allow poultry. We still want some protein. Uh, but we have uh, the biggest one is cutting out processed sugars. And as she said, you know, I also said, hey, there's donuts, right? Yeah. Who would be the first one back there getting donuts on a Sunday morning? It would be me. Uh, and so uh, cutting that out uh, and getting rid of those, uh, those distractions. And as she said, it's preparing has also given us those opportunities to have conversations with our kids that has helping us draw a whole lot closer uh, to them and helping them 
understand why we do this. Yeah, right. So as we talk about it, I want to restate this again to our church members. So if you go into fasting and praying as you're t- depriving yourself or with an attitude of deprivation, I want you to shift that into feasting on what the Lord is preparing for you. Because when you take your eyes off what you can offer yourself, you can see what the Lord has provided for you. And that is feasting. It is feasting in the abundance of God, right? Okay, so uh, Christine, um, what are, what's the deal with you and God on this one, right? Well, uh, where do you want to see God leading you in this journey? I know it's a beginning, this is not the end. Sure, certainly uh, the beginning and certainly not the end. I think God has um, has continued to show his faithfulness to me. And um, it's a journey for me to discover who God is and his love for me and, and experience it in, in a very meaningful way. Uh, I've been very encouraged by the many... Um, you know, the individuals that, um, like the four gentlemen that were here this morning that have committed their lives to Christ. And, you know, I, I've been a Christian for many, many years, yet it's very much a journey for me. And it, it doesn't come easy, and, and it's a, a daily, you know, recommitment of um, giving up of myself. So um, I think for me, uh, I have many goals of what I'm looking for um, in, in God's faithfulness to me. Uh, Greg and I have been married for probably be 19 years this um, this coming year, and, and we were married probably standing somewhere around here. Um, but it's been difficult. Marriage is difficult, and it's a lot of hard work, and it's not what, you know, sometimes you go on social media, and you, you look at all those great pictures that people have, and I thought, gosh, you know, what's going on with me? But, um, you know, I hope that this, <laughs> well, me, not you, it's... it's <laughs> But this journey, I, I am, I am really uh, believing, and God will be faithful in building my relationship with Greg, and in our marriage, and um, being the wife that God has called me to be, and also I think about the dedication uh, of the baby last week, and and how. Uh, long we waited for children and, and members of the church had prayed with us as well that God would uh, grant us the gift of parenthood and he has he has faith, been faithful in that and so um, you know God has called us to be uh, certain parents too and so I hope to be um, a parent to my children in a way that is honoring to God that's amen 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 that's awesome yeah um what about you, Greg? Uh, why fast and pray? Uh, ideally, for me, what I, how I can be, I want God to reveal to me how I can continue to grow, first and foremost, with my relationship with him. But as my wife said, it's, he's blessed me with someone so amazing and wonderful, and I need to be the husband that he's developed me to be for her. And then he's, I'm asking also to be the father for my children and to help them grow, to, to have a love and a fear of the Lord as well. Um, but then I look at my role here at the church and uh, being uh, just the different capacities that I do here and what, what does God want me to do here and how to further his kingdom here. Uh, how can we reach more people, um, and, uh, and not necessarily in quantity, but with, with quality of interactions with people. How can we share the, the gospel? How can we touch people's lives? My gifts are in, in hospitality and serving and caring. And so 
okay, Lord, how can we, how can we be better at that? And I'm, I'm just praying for uh, a revealing of what that will look like uh, and just honoring him in everything that I do. Amen. Amen. Um, uh, isn't this wonderful? I mean, you just share your heart in front of the family, right? Uh, and as the worship team is getting ready to come up here, uh, there were three sacrifices that were made uh, in the Old Testament. Uh, there was the animal, uh, the grain, and money. Those were the three sacrifices in olden times. And then uh, there were more added uh, in uh, later time during the prophets. And when you read in Isaiah 48, fasting and prayer was one of those sacrifices. And Isaiah 48, 48 laid out beautifully what they just said. Fasting is not just giving up food, but when you love the poor, the weak, when you love one another, and when you're ready to care for one another, and I will take that offering. And that's what they did this morning. They came here as honest as they can, relying totally on the Lord and laying their heart out to totally serve and love Him. That is an offering. That's a sacrifice. Now, with that, uh, continue to stay here. We want to go into uh, the table of the Lord. Um, offer your life as a living sacrifice. Uh, if you want God in your marriage, let Him in. If you want God in your singleness, let Him in. If you're a single mother, let God in. If you're a single father, let God in. If, you have, uh, if you're divorced, if you have a broken relationship, let God in. He is there for that reason, for all those reasons. He came for that reason. He came because we were not perfect. And praise be to God, He's so perfect. We don't have to be perfect. You can go to God with all your imperfection. Right. Can we stand together? And... Um,